0: all, we will not have uh, Wednesday midweeks or Friday devotionals for the rest of this month. We will not have those, but we will have church service the next two Sundays here, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. It'll be normal time, 10 o'clock here at the the school. So just so we all know and keep that in mind, please invite your family and friends out, but we will be here 10 o'clock the next two Sundays as well. Uh, also, I just want to say thank you once again. We had a, a great Christmas banquet, basically. That's what it turned out to be. Uh, it wasn't just a potluck. I mean, there was, some, it was so much food. It was so many people. It was so much fun uh, being together last Wednesday with everyone. And so I just, again, want to thank you for all the people that put their time and effort and energy into making the food and uh, even if you didn't, just the time and energy to go buy Price Chopper or ShopRite or wherever and pick up stuff, uh, I'm in a whole nother state, Price Chopper. That's like in the whole... Man, they have that in Kansas, just so you know, Price Chopper. Uh, quick reminder, though, the first Sunday in January, we're going to have a, a, a workshop. So we're going to have church service. It's going to be a, a lot shorter, uh, the church service. Then we'll take a little break. We can get our kids... Uh, If friends want to go home, they can go. If they want to stay, they can stay. But we'll have time for a break to get our kids and get situated. Then we'll come back. The workshop is going to be 15 to 20 minutes. It's not going to be super long. We're going to have some specific. It's more of a communication workshop for us all to make sure we know the plan for the year, the vision, where we're going, doing different things. So uh, if you can remember that for sure, it's not going to, it'll still go the same amount of time we normally have at worship. But the service will be a little shorter with a break in between. So if you can just keep that in mind uh, for January 7th, our our Bronx Region Workshop. Amen? So I want to start out today with a little quiz, a little trivia for you here. And uh, I don't want anybody to walk away feeling like they failed this trivia class. So if you pay attention, you'll get the answers to the questions that I'm going to ask of you so we can all be victorious. Uh, so I wanna talk about the, uh, the wise man in the Bible, the magi, the biblical wise man. So how wise are you? So the first question, 10 questions for us here. The first one is this. The wise man arrived in Judea after Jesus had been born. True or false? Good great. even I give you the answers, come on. <laughs> yes, true. It talks about it in Matthew 2. They arrived after Jesus had been born. Number two, the Bible says that there were three wise men. True or false? False. It does not say there were three wise men. It says they offered three gifts, but people assume that they were just three wise men because there were three gifts offered. That's not what the Bible says. It could have been a whole lot of people. It could have been 15, 20 wise men. If you think about it, when the wise men came, the king, Herod, he got upset. The whole city got upset. I don't think three men could upset a king in a whole city. It probably was a little bit more than that coming at him. But anyway, question number three. And I'm not trying to destroy your Christmas. I just want you to know the biblical things about stuff. So Santa is still coming, Frank. He will still come. Don't worry about it. Question number three The wise men went directly to Bethlehem when they arrived in Judea. False. They went to Jerusalem first, and then they asked, Where is the Messiah to be born? The wise men were actually kings. Okay, y'all didn't sound too confident about that one. Look over in Psalm 72. Psalm 72. Some of these, I guess, I have to prove to you. Psalm 72, verse 10. This is a prophecy about what was to be coming of the uh, the Messiah's birth. And in Psalm 72, verse 10, it says, "The king of kings of Tarsus and of distant shores will bring tribute to him. The kings of Sheba and Sheba will present him gifts. All kings will bow down to him, and all nations will serve him." The uh, the Magi were kings in their own area, and yes, they did bring a king's treasure to Jesus as he was born. Question number five. The Bible says that the wise men traveled on camels on their journey to Judea. True or false? It didn't say that. They probably did, but the Bible didn't say that. All those nativity scenes just make you think that's what the Bible says, but it does not say that. Question number six. The wise man gave three gifts to Jesus on the night of his birth. False. It did not occur on the night of his birth. You'll see what I mean in a minute. I had to prove that one to y'all. Y'all sound like y'all were shaky on that answer. Okay. Number seven. Uh, after finding Jesus, the wise men themselves realized that Herod wanted to kill Jesus and went home another direction. No, they didn't realize it themselves. They went to sleep and had a dream, and God told them in a dream. So it wasn't that they thought, oh, what's happening here? No, God told them because they weren't clued in to what was going on. Number eight, the biblical text hints that Jesus may have been as old as two when the wise man found him. True. Okay, y'all yeah, know. Yeah, y'all a little confused on that one. Matthew chapter 2, verse 16, talks about when Herod realized Jesus was born, he went and had all the kids, to and under, to be killed. Question number nine. When Herod asked the chief priests and scribes whether Christ was to be born, they quoted from the prophet Isaiah. No. They quoted from the prophet Micah. Many times people think Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah. Isaiah did talk about the Christ being been born a lot, but it was the prophet Micah that they actually quoted where he would be born. And then question number 10. The wise men found Jesus in a house. True. Okay, I got to prove that one. Matthew chapter 2, look at verse 11. Matthew 2, 11. On coming to the house... They saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. See, many times that nativity scene where you see all Jesus there in the manger and the three wives been around, that's not where they encountered Jesus for the first time. He was in the house at this time. So it was after his birth, after a time had passed, they went to the house, and that's where they presented the gifts to him. Now, I'm not trying to destroy your Christmas. I just want you to biblically know what's going on so you can see what's happening. Today, we're going to talk about the Magi. But let me ask you this. Here's Here's a different riddle. This ain't even on there. It's a new one. I just made this one up. Mary had Jesus, and Jesus is the Lamb of God. So did Mary have a little lamb? I'm just saying. You know that's true, dad. Come on. <laughs> and everywhere that Mary went... <laughs> anyway, now y'all know y'all gonna go home and tell everybody at your house and at work that one. <laughs> look over in Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 1. I want to look at this prophecy about the coming Messiah. And as we look at this today, I want us to realize... As we talk about the Magi and the the gifts they gave, what happened at the birth of Jesus actually reflects what was going to happen at the death of Jesus. So what was talked about in the beginning was also the conclusion of the story of Jesus. And so you'll see as we go through how God was actually meeting the needs and prophesying about what was to come with the coming Messiah. In Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, it says... Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Look down at verse 6. Herds of camels will cover your land. Young camels of Midian and Ephah, all And all of Sheba will come bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. Back in Isaiah, it talked about there will be a darkness, basically a sin covering the people. But yet, even in that darkness, there will be hope that will come out of it. And that hope will be the Messiah, the hope of us being able to be set free from that darkness and able to see the light that is to be shining upon us. So as we go through this, turn over to Matthew chapter 2. That's what we're going to focus on today. I want us to look at the Magi, because it wasn't just that they came and and gave some gifts and just to celebrate a birth of the Messiah. They actually came and it symbolized a lot more than just the birth of Jesus. So as we talk about this, it's not really point one, two, and three. We're just trying to understand a little bit more about the Messiah and how what happened at Jesus' birth relates to us today and how we can walk away different because of it. In chapter 2, verse 9 through 12, Matthew chapter 2. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So before we go any further, let's let's kind of set the scene of what's going on here. Now we know that Mary and Joseph, because of the census that was taken, they went back. And during that time, it was so crowded in the town that there was no place for them to stay. There was no room in the inn. So they had to go to stay in the stables. And in the stables, that's where Mary gave birth to Jesus. Now thinking about the stables, think about what that really must have been like. Because in the stables, there's a lot of unpleasant smells in stables. It's not very comfortable in stables. And as we look at this in, in the accounting, the Gospel of Luke, Luke doesn't even mention about the magi. But it talks about the shepherds that were being there. But in Matthew, it does talk about not only King Herod, but it talks about the Magi. And it says when they arrived at the house. So basically, Jesus being born in the stable. It wasn't just then that the Magi arrived. It was a short time later, even after they had moved from the stable into a house. So here's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, being born in the stable. And now the Magi arrive and they're staying in a house, probably a rented house. And we look at this and we think, man, is this really how a king should be born? We look at this and think, I I can't understand how the son of God will be born in a lowly situation like this. The point is this. We have a story of a king who had very humble beginnings. Many times we we feel, especially in this generation, so many people feel entitled to different things. Here's the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, being born in a smelly, nasty stable, living in a rented house with his mom and dad. I mean, all these things are going on. But yet, we need to understand, even though he was throwing a curveball in his life, God can do incredible things with low situations. And this is what we must remember. He is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. But yet, when the Magi, when the other kings came, It says in verse 11 11, that they fell and worshiped him. Now, you know, that really must have amazed Mary in so many ways. From the time that she heard, okay, you're now going to have a child by God, amazed her. And now here's these kings coming and bowing down before her and her child, amazed her. And the Bible says she treasured all these things in her heart. It's important for us to realize that when Jesus started out, he had very humble beginnings. Now, at the same time, they presented treasures to Jesus. And this is important to understand. Even in the songs that we sing, you know, the first Noel, you know, the wise man presented Jesus with gold, myrrh, and frankincense. It wasn't just a singular thing. It wasn't say, oh, here's a, a piece of gold. Or like, the, the here's a couple of them. You know, or here's a stick of incense. It says they opened their treasure chest. It opened treasures for him. You can imagine how many treasure chests they must have carried on their camels as they were searching for the king. Once they found him, they presented. These are kings now, not just, you know, working people. These were kings who took their treasure and presented to him. And as Mary and Joseph are standing there, I'm sure they were thinking, boy, this is going to go a long way. You know what's amazing is that God took care of Mary and Joseph from the beginning. So many times we lose faith, we get worried, we struggle. I appreciate what Larry shared in this contribution today. You know what? He just wanted to make sure his wife was happy. Even though he didn't know where the funds were coming from, but what happened? God had already prepared a promotion for him before the event even occurred. So many times, God already has blessings waiting for us. He's just waiting for us to be faithful enough to step out on those things. I said it so many times. You think about it. If Judas had just hung on for three more days, he would have saw the greatest miracle ever. He could have went and sat by a rock and fasted for three days. And he still would have been blessed in a tremendous way. So many times we give up instead of just holding on. Holding on and waiting. God has it already planned out for us. If we would just trust in him and what's going on. But too many times we don't trust unless we can control it. Unless we can have something to do with it, we don't trust it. It's important for us to see, even at the birth of Christ, God had a plan to take care of not just Jesus, but his family as well. And this is important for us to see. So they got treasure upon treasure. Now, let's talk about those actual gifts, because they symbolize something very important. Look at Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to come back to Matthew, but Isaiah chapter 9, in verse 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. You know, the, one of the things they presented, baby Jesus, was gold. And this gold represents kingship, it represents his kingdom. And this is important for us to understand because Jesus, he had the power and the ability to reign forever. And many times throughout the Bible, throughout the Gospels, he talks about it. It says he had the power in Matthew 25, he had the power to grant life and to take it away. He had the power to lay down his own life and to pick it up again. Jesus has the power of life. Jesus was God in the flesh. It talks about it in John chapter 1. God in the flesh. He is the exact representation of God. So if you ever wonder, what does God think about this? What would God say in this situation? Look and see what Jesus did. Because what Jesus did is the exact thing God would do. It is important for us to realize who Jesus really was. It says he was the king of kings. Talked about in Revelation 19. Having all power and authority, yet he humbled himself... And became a servant. And let me talk to us for a minute here. Because not many of us enjoy being a servant. This is somebody that left heaven and came down to be a servant. How serving are you going to be this Christmas season? Think about it. All the teens that are in here. How serving are you? How grateful are you for the many things your parents are going to give you? Or have given you for your birthday yesterday? I'm not saying who, but my daughter turned 19 yesterday. How grateful. You say, well, I say I love you. Okay, how clean is your room? I'm sorry, I'm making it personal now. I'm starting to get on. Sorry about that. But you know, many times, let's just be real. We say we love God. How obedient are we to God? Well, I believe in God. Oh, Lord, help me. Whenever there's a problem, we get quick with it. Oh Lord, help me, Jesus. Lord, help me, Lord, help me, Lord, help me, Jesus, help me, Lord. You know what? Even the demons believe there's a God and shutter. But you know what else? Every time Jesus told the demons something, they immediately obeyed. Are the demons more obedient than you are? You've got to ask ourselves. They said, Lord, please cast us over here. Don't send us there. He said, Let it happen. Boom. They boom. Quickly. He said, come out of them. They came out of them. I mean, immediate response. They didn't have to sit and think and fast. They immediately obeyed. So if we're to say Jesus is Lord, how quick is our obedience to God? Do we have to have people ask us, are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Listen, if you're visiting with us today, this is the standard for the church. Everybody needs to read and pray on their own daily. We don't want it to just be a feel-good, emotional thing, and everybody, woo! I felt the Spirit today. You need to walk out of here filling the Spirit and obeying the Spirit. The gold that they represented shows the kingship of Jesus Christ. Now, they also presented frankincense, and this is a type of incense. It's something that uh, was imported from Arabia but also grown in Palestine. And this is one of their ingredients in a perfume of the sanctuary. This was something that was used to uh, accompany meat offerings that they were offer in the sanctuary. So when they presented gold to Jesus at his birth, they were talking about his kingship. When they presented frankincense to Jesus, they were talking about the sacrifice he was to become in the future. They presented these to him, and it symbolized something that he would do. He himself would be the one true sacrifice. Now, as they looked at this, as they saw this, obviously Jesus at a young age, all that didn't comprehend right away. He knew what was going on because he was God in the flesh, but yet even his family didn't really understand it all. But as time went on, they saw all these things being revealed to them. You know, it talks about it in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2. Look over there. Ephesians 5, verse 2. Again, this was a, the frankincense, when it was burnt, it emitted a fragrant odor, an odor. And this was symbolic of sacrifices in the temple. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2. Well, we we'll are just starting verse 1. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Again, The things they gave wasn't just gifts, they were symbolic of what was to come in the future. Jesus became the sacrificial lamb to be slain and sacrificed on our behalf. Thus he said, I have the power to lift my life up and to lay it down again. Not only that, but they also gave him myrrh. Another gift was myrrh. And this was a gum base or a white liquid which flows from uh, uh, the trees in Africa and Arabia. Myrrh was sometimes offered to prisoners being executed on the cross. Look over in Mark chapter 15. This is exactly what they even offered Jesus as he was on the cross. Mark chapter 15 verse 23 says, They brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. It was a numbing drink that would numb people to the pain that they were to suffer on the cross. But yet Jesus refused to take anything to numb up his pain because he wanted to totally endure all the suffering, all that we ourselves would have endured one day. So the murder they presented him at his birth was actually symbolic of what was to occur even at his death. And the Bible talks to us and it says that surely just as Jesus was raised from the dead, we ourselves also in Romans chapter 6 will be raised to a new life. Just as Jesus was. Now, they brought gifts. These gifts symbolize the things, But also, we have to understand, they had an encounter with Jesus. And after you have an encounter with Jesus, life changes. First of all, we learned earlier that the Magi stood in the presence of Jesus. And we read how they fell down and worshipped him. In Matthew 2, verse 11. It says they fell down and worshipped him. This is our question for today. Are we really worshiping Jesus on a daily basis? See, worship can't just be a Sunday thing. It's great when we come together, but do ask yourself, do you really worship Jesus on a daily basis? Well, well I don't understand what you mean. First of all, it starts with, are you even reading your Bible and praying every day? That's where it always starts. Now, are you consciously trying to do your best? Even if, you, if you made one decision every time you read the Bible to change your life, In a year's time, you've made 365 decisions to be closer to Jesus. Are you reading your Bible prayer? Our church leader of the whole New York church, Sam, gave us a challenge back when we met in New Jersey. 77 more days. Read your Bible every day. Come to church every time. Make sure you give your contribution every week. 77 days. How strong are you doing in that 77-day challenge? I've talked about it multiple times since then. Guys, it's not very hard to have a relationship with God. God never changes. Only thing that will change will be us. So if we say, well, I'm just not into reading my Bible right now, you've got to ask, why not? Do we not want to worship God? Because here's the thing if you won't worship Him here on earth, you definitely aren't going to worship Him in heaven. How do I feel about worshiping God? As they presented the frankincense, we recognize Jesus' sacrifice. Look at Romans chapter 12. They recognize Jesus' sacrifice. Well, for me, on a practical basis, you know it's not always good when the preacher's wife leaves as he's preaching. But, uh, no, I'm just playing, babe. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. (laughs) Oh, shoot. There go my Christmas gifts. (laughs) Got to learn when they hold them. Tame the tongue. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, This is your spiritual act of worship. Once you've had time with Jesus, the result is your life should be changed. Your life is changed. These magi, they went, they had time with Jesus, they worshiped Jesus, and they went away different. This should not just be, oh, I came to church and it was a good time, I saw my friends, my family. You gotta ask yourself, am I gonna walk away different? How am I going to leave this time? I had an encounter with Jesus. See, every day you read your Bible, you have an encounter with Jesus. See, so you can have this every single day if you're in the Word of God. And that, just think about it. He gave his life. He hung on the cross. He died. And all he's asking for you to do is to read your Bible every day. Just read it. It may take you 15, 20 minutes. You know what? We eat more than 15 minutes a day. We sleep more than 15 minutes a day. We're on the bus or the train more than 15 minutes a day. We go to the bathroom more than 15 minutes a day. And he said, all I need you to do is read your Bible and spend time with me every day. Guys, we need to end this year in a great way and keep it going into the next year. We look at this and we think, okay, it's important for us to realize we need to have a time where we realize Jesus is the King of Kings. Jesus' sacrifice needs to be remembered. It is so important for us to remember that Jesus himself, even at an early age, knew what was to come of his life. All that being said, we got to make sure we ourselves are sacrificing and being what God wants us to be. Look at Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13. Jesus is a great treasure. And this treasure leads us to a salvation from our sins and into eternal life with Christ. And this is a good thing, it's a celebration. And it says in Matthew 13, verse 44, the Magi brought forth treasure, but yet it says in verse 44, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. You know what? They presented treasures to Jesus. And it was an overwhelming, incredible thing. The kingdom of God is a treasure. You guys, we have to realize what we have here in this room, what we have in our congregation is something that the world, the city is looking for longing for. We have a treasure. And this treasure we have is available for everybody. It doesn't matter what race or color or creed you are. This is available for everybody to have. But just as they presented their treasures, they walked away different. We need to embrace people and bring them in and help them see and understand the treasure we have here in God's kingdom. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. It tells us the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's a lot of gifts we can give this year. As I said before, I'm accepting all gifts. But there's a lot of gifts that we can give this year. But the greatest gift we can give is of ourselves. When we give of ourselves and people see there's something different about you, what is it that invites them into this treasure that we have? Your biggest source of evangelism. You have to realize, you are the only Bible many people will ever read. So how you live is a reflection of the Bible to them. You got to ask yourself. Am I presenting the word of God properly? Am I presenting the word of God in a fashion that people will be interested in finding out more about it? Our lives show what we believe. So the question for us is, am I going to walk away different today? Is this just going to be another holiday season for me? Or is this going to be a a season that I really embrace? You know what? I need to commit myself to Jesus. If you're visiting here with us today, maybe you're saying, you know what? I don't even know what this church is all about, but I want to find out a little bit more. Let me tell you, what we do is we study the Bible. We have a lot of different Bible discussion groups all over the city. And what we do, we sit down and study the Bible with people. Because it's important to know what the Bible says. We can hear something, watch it on TV so many times we actually believe it. But it may not be what the Bible says. So now we tell y'all walk around, y'all can look at that nativity scene. Oh, wise men wasn't really there. The magi, they were not there. They didn't come to a year and a half later. Now, we don't go blast people on that, oh, this is a lie! No, go ahead and look at the TV scene. Go along with it. But the fact of the matter is we need to know what the Bible says when it comes to our salvation. Because that's not something we can just look at from a distance. So we study the Bible. We make sure we're living the way God wants us to live. So I want to encourage you. Let the greatest gifts you give this year be people looking at your life and you introducing them to Jesus Christ. You say, I don't have any money. I don't have a lot of time, but you have yourself. Give of yourself. Let people see that and let the true gift of Jesus Christ come into the season. I love you. And to God be the glory. Amen.